So you're telling me when you're in bed and you're trying to relax and you're winding down after a long day, you could think of nothing better than to listen about listen to a story about some man who had a crazy psychotic episode and just went on a rampage killing and raping and pillaging people. You know I do that. What is... how? Okay, look. Let's skip right over the fact that like... But it's not like, true. I'm not like... Let's skip over the fact that like people do this, okay? Why right before bed? I'm going to be that person. I was like, I was doing that before like everybody was doing that. But like, I was, <laughs> I was listening Please. to true crime when I was fucking 12 and a half. So like... That's fine. I, be I, that I, person. I listen to like horror stories, like narratives. So they're, they're like are made they, up. They're, yeah, okay. They're but, not real. They're not like the murderer. But hang on a sec. Aren't there, aren't there people out there who do listen to the real stuff? People listen to everything. Before bed. Before people bed. Watch the, keeping up with the Kardashians before bed. People listen to metal before. Are you, are you saying that bed, keeping like, up with the Kardashians is horror in your? Yes, team? <laughs> absolutely. But like to me, it's like a creative. It's creative storytelling. I I like the idea of creative storytelling. I just when I'm trying to roll off into the land of slumber and I close my eyes and I picture sheep and I picture the ocean. You picture I sheep. Picture like Finding Nemo and all the cool creatures. <laughs> I essentially your brain just. Very different things. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> imagine Mr. Bill Smith stabbing his family after a, a drunken night out. You know what I mean? Like, there's certain things that help me relax, and there's certain things that I feel not just me, but would put the average person on edge. Yeah, sometimes I get scared. Why do you want to hear about like? It relaxes me, and I like. like Wait, when... sorry, go back, go back. Okay, no, okay, no, tell listen, me, listen, tell listen. me how it relaxes you. I've got rationality you. here. I've got rationality here. Okay, please, I'm waiting. for I it. enjoy listening to horror stories at times, like in the dark at night, right? Because I'm not going to listen to it when I'm driving in the daytime because that's not the mood. But that, when I'm driving in the daytime, I'm going to listen to like an an audio book, something learning, a podcast, or something like that. Something learning, you got to learn. Something learning. <laughs> <laughs> get a I'm book on grammar with your next credit on audible just buy a book on grammar okay so i know what you mean yeah but then i, so wait, it's the for vibe the night, I wait for the night time to relax be in the dark do you like melt candle wax on your floor and like put blood on the walls <laughs> yeah set the mood get chains around the room yeah have an axe next to you that's got like some ox blood on it yeah and, and then i put on these like contraptions that hold my eyelids open so i can't blink so you have to watch, but you're listening. What, what? No, no, just just to like hold my eyes open to so like watering and I'm like terrified and I can't close my eyes. And... Why would that be something that is important to do with an audio podcast? Well, why would you need to smear blood on the walls? I'm asking you that. It's setting the mood. Okay, you're, set, you're, you're trying to go to sleep. It's time to relax. It's time to go into the land of slumber. Horror you you want to relax. You want to wind down. You want to think about all the good things in life. You want to appreciate things. You want to smile. You want to have a pleasant... You're talking about yourself. You want to have a pleasant dream. Yeah. And you want to wake up feeling, ah, oh, that was a nice, peaceful sleep. I mean, everybody desires peaceful sleep. I sleep peacefully. <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> Who are you trying to convince? Okay, let's be real. I don't listen to horror podcasts. You sleep like you're permanently listening to a horror podcast. Yeah, but when You I, sleep like you're running from a murderer. But when you sleep next to me, I haven't been listening to the horror podcast, so maybe that's the problem. When I listen to the horror <laughs> podcast, I sleep like a baby. <laughs> and when I don't get to listen to them, that's why I'm stressed all night. <laughs> okay, okay. Look, we'll do an experiment, okay? One night you can put on your horror whatever... And I'll put on my ambient, deep, low, soothing voice, sheep counting, ocean, <laughs> ocean podcast, which is a real thing. It's, that's the exact title of it. And um, we'll both fall asleep. And then 
look, <laughs> if you don't kick me every 15 seconds, I might be worried. Um, but if you don't, as a result of you having listened to all that horror, I'll be relieved. And, I'll, and I will be like, Danica, while you're driving and listening to music, put on some horror. You need to relax. <laughs> you need to feel you need to get all the stress out of your body please listen to this murder story Danica here you're you go you're laughing about it and you're making fun but it really relaxes me I'm not making fun of it I'm just it's just okay it's so contrasting to me that it sounds like I'm making fun of it but it's just it's such an ironic thing if you really think about it the fact that horror relaxes you Think about what comes under the subcategory like, of horror. It's not that like horror relaxes me. It's like I enjoy the activity of listening to, to this. In the dark. To horror stories in the dark before I go to sleep. Okay. And, I, I understand and they relax that, me and I fall asleep while I'm doing it. See, that's the part I understand. I understand like <laughs> the enjoy listening to things in the dark and setting the mood. I don't understand how they make they allow for you to then go and have a peaceful sleep and they relax you and you, you start listening to it and you're hearing about, you know, 15 children being brutally raped and star, stabbed to death. It's not, and it's not like, horror. oh, yes, I'm just falling that's asleep. That's true now. crime. They're two different genres. Horror is like. Supernatural, spooky, eerie, unsettling. Have you ever listened to true crime before, Ben? Yeah, when I was younger. Oh, only when you were 12. Only when I was Only 12. in your most formative years as you were becoming a woman. <laughs> were you listening to the most... No, I didn't listen to true crime back then. There was, podcasts weren't really a thing back then. I used to read a lot about a lot of true crime. So I think I got it all so out of my read, system yeah. reading about murderers on fucking Tumblr when I was in my teens. When you were, when you were a young teenager and you were reading about murderers, what aspect of it fascinated you have you ever gone on the dark corners of the internet and watched those videos of like yes but not not, off and stuff not like the that. dark like, corners that you would find yourself in <laughs> they're the same dark. no corners. they're not no the, the internet has many dark corners okay yeah we've definitely been in different dark corners but look i don't go to many dark corners of the internet but i'm just saying like there's like morbid curiosity when it comes to true crime but for, for like so is that what it is but that's why i'm trying to differentiate between true crime and horror yes yes horror i'm glad you have done that creative it's it's super creative and it's working with and it's fiction and it's fiction and it's working with the energy of like darkness and chaos and the shadow in a and, creative and way in a, in a super creative way which I really admire and I I, well, I, I like I find that it as well creatively brilliant and I used to write spooky but, stories and I've I, I've always loved ghost stories I was that weird kid who wanted to hear like every auntie and uncle's ghost story I was always <laughs> trying to scare my nieces really? and nephews like I I really like their trauma <laughs> like you could ask any of my sorry my cousins like my little cousins um. You could literally ask them and they'll be like, yeah, like she, she would scare the shit out of us when we were younger. Like it's actually, and none of them can handle horror movies because they were, you traumatized I them. traumatized them. Um, but I, okay. I'm like, and your Halloween okay, spirit is fantastic, by the way. My Halloween spirit it's is, all, it's, it's of its, it's on its, on its own par. It is. It I don't really think is. many people in Sydney have gone as authentically hard at Halloween as you, as you have. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But I'm a spooky cookie girl. I like this. It's home for me and it inspires me creatively in some way. Uh, but you like the creative aspect of it, but you came to like that through the true crime, you know, no, nonfiction no, based aspect it was of always, it. It was always, it was reading Goosebumps when I was growing up. And this yeah, but everyone read Goosebumps. But that's, I mean, I read, what's the look, difference? I read one Goosebump book. Yeah, but you read one, whereas I read fucking all of them. It's like, what's the... There was like hundreds. And, and, and it's like growing up reading like Chuck Palahniuk and Stephen King. It's it's that. It's that. Heaps of people. Stephen King's like one of the most re- well-renowned authors of the world. And hundreds of his movies have been adapted 
hundreds of his books to be adapted. He's adapt- very imaginative adapt- as well, though. Adapted adaptation. He's very yeah, but that's what it is. It's 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 horror stories. Were you looking for the word adapted? And you said adaptation, and I was like adaptive. <laughs> Hundreds of his movies have been books have been adaptive, adaptive to what? Yeah. To different media's, you know, books, audio, movies, you know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it, I know it's what just you're like, saying. Just because this stuff scares you, it's like you know, and you knew me years ago before I did my university degree, where I was like, I'm gonna be studying next year. I want to read like every Stephen King novel I've ever. Wanted I know. To. I read like you, 17 books in one year. I know, and I would like, I, w- I would talk to you two weeks later and say, "How's that book going?" You're like, oh, I finished it. Yeah. And then I would look at it and be amazed by <laughs> that was 558 pages good job yeah are you reading 100 pages a day that's incredible and like a podcast is allowing me to do that to the nth degree because you listen also, at like, like two two times high speed. school we would you know we did like gothic horror was one of our subject matters in extension in english mm. we did like a whole semester on gothic horror so we study the shit in english in like year 12 so it's it's an art form right some people like romance novels some people like trash tv i like horror i, I like i love horror i i i, I, I understand drawing that. monsters growing up like drawing all these weird intestine monsters and spooky skeletons <laughs> and love halloween like i i love interfacing with like the, the thin veiled sort of shadow side of reality. And my art's very inspired by that kind of stuff as well. And I do a lot of light work in my life. I'm always, I'm also listening to personal development and meditating and I'm a yogi and stuff like that. But like, this is, this is the shadow that I also enjoy. And Does I feel it not like it's a good hurt you to, to, to delve into it too deep sometimes. No, I mean, I've, I've, I, I build up tolerances to it. Definitely. Like I remember when I first found this one, horror podcast if anyone loves horror as much as i do um sara narnia created like that's his that's his suit like name and he's created a podcast called knife point horror and it is the best fiction horror out there like it is the gold standard nothing nothing comes close but anyway tangent um what was your question i just got so does <laughs> it not does it not disturb you oh yeah um, so like you know when i does first it weigh found on you does it, does it does it come to you at times of darkness and then make the darkness even more so like some of his stories or... like one of his stories was really deeply impactful because it was like sad and it hit me in the heart and i can but it's like if you watch a super sad movie or like you hear a super like traumatizing story like sticks with you right well, so that's the just emotional the nature of story it's just the nature of great storytelling but in terms of like the scary aspects when i first started listening to knife point and i first found his stories and his story storytelling there were times where i would like have really like scary dreams and i called jesse a few times in the night time and i was like yo like i had a really fucked up dream i was listening to my horror podcast and it gave me a nightmare like i just needed and do you remember what i said what I was like, oh, that's so weird. Your <laughs> horror podcast gave you a nightmare and you're uncomfortable and you're in a state of stress and discomfort as a result of that decision. It does. So fucking surprising. Yeah. So at first that was happening quite a bit. And, yeah. Yeah. And so like, that's I your tolerance coming. Scared. Yeah. Um, but now, now I've let, <laughs> like I've literally built a tolerance to it. Um, not to the point where like I can't enjoy it anymore, but it's just like, I don't get scared that easily. So there's a few different sides to this. There's that side of it. And then there's like, it does seep into my green dreams and my dreams get <laughs> creams, my dreams, your green reapers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it does seep into my dreams and my dreams do get pretty whack and weird, but then I'm just, I'm just like, I wake up and I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I was listening to this. I was thinking about this. Those two things merged together and shit got funky. But it's, uh, and then, and then the third thing is, do you like having funky dreams? 
my dreams have always been funky. But do you like having? To horror do you like having Sometimes funky it's better dreams? Better if I'm listening to horror. Like that's an excuse for like why my dreams are so weird. You know what I'm saying? Do you like when your funky dreams are diluted with the horror story of your previous evening? No, I mean, just sometimes it happens. But do you, do you, do you, do, I enjoy do you it? ever go to bed like, oh, I hope that comes no, up in my dreams? No, no, no. <laughs> I, and then sometimes if I'm listening to a particularly scary story, I will stop as it's getting really freaky because I'm like, all right, I'm going to sleep now. And like, I don't want to be that shit. I don't want to know. I, I, I don't want to be freaked out before I, like, I either have to f- finish the story or like stop before it gets really, really Have you ever stopped the story and then realized that it really wasn't that scary? You could have just listened well, they're to not always scary. They're not always scary. A lot of the time, they're just great stories. I've listened to 10 seconds of <laughs> this podcast. And I got to say, he's in a fascinating, amazingly engaging storyteller. Yeah. He's yeah, gifted. He's, he's gifted. gifted. Though, with my brain, which is very different to yours, <laughs> just the sheer knowing of even the vague outline of the story. If I say to Jesse right now, like the one time there was a ghost. Oh, no, la, 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 la. That's all it takes for Jesse to be <laughs> one scared. One there was a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. That's enough for Jesse. And look, if you guys listen to The Haunted House, you'll probably realize that in some way, at least my experience of it was I'm so blessed that I wasn't there. Even though I was violently ill and didn't eat for days <laughs> and literally couldn't move and had one of the worst illnesses of my entire life. I'm still happy that I didn't experience what Danica did. Now, you as a horror connoisseur, <laughs> being gifted that story, do you feel like if Sara Narnia, that author that you mentioned before, if he was to listen to that story, do you think he'd be a little proud? <laughs> I hope so. You should, you should get in touch with him. You should be like, yo, <laughs> here's a spooky story that really happened to me. There's and so it should... many stories like that out there. Yeah, And I he guess knows it. Like... I mean, because he plays with that realm all the time. Exactly. And I, I guess in some way, a lot of the really creepy things are based on someone's version of truth, which might end up getting labeled as myth later yeah. on in life. Like the Loch Ness Monster. That could be totally real. What if he's so friendly? What if he's just like this giant dinosaur looking monster that is as friendly as a puppy Labrador? It's just the unknown, right? It's just the unknown. Yeah. But okay, so it's very different to you. My brain is my hard drive. Yeah. And I need to know what's on there. When someone tells me, hey, do you want to know something cool about this? Mm. I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe. Maybe I do, maybe I don't. Yeah. I'd rather not know some things to keep my hard drive. What's the word? Free of um, spyware, malware, viruses, yeah. and, and um, I like I, I need it to be working in a certain way. And so I could not operate on you, if you wanted to torture me, you'd make me listen to the stuff you listen to every night right before bed. <laughs> there have been times where you started telling me, "Oh my god, this story was so good! It was like about this," and then you'd you'll start talking. And sometimes I'll just hold the phone away <laughs> and wait for you to like wait for a lull in your communication. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So fascinating. He's lying. I don't tell him stories because I know he doesn't listen. Yeah, I am lying. But if you, I think it happened once. And then I told that. you afterwards, I was yeah. like, by the way, I didn't hear a word you said. <laughs> and don't, don't say it again. I like it. I like when people give you the option to know things. Yeah. Because I see the hard drive is really important to maintain. And in some, in some theories, when you retain a new piece of information, you lose an old and irrelevant piece of information. Mm. But yeah. I try, I try to, you try to retain as much as you can, but if you have to lose old information, you might tell me a horror story and then I forget something when I was, a beautiful memory when I was eight years old at the zoo. <laughs> and thanks, you know, that sucks. <laughs> but thanks for giving me the option if you did. Champion. Look, I understand that and I really respect it. 
it's just different different modes of operation like for me i just have this insatiable curiosity for everything that's whack everything that's whack so like i am very interested in in both like yes the true crime aspect of it like how far can a person go into their madness are you really interested in that aspect of it because it feels like you sort of dabbled with it and then fucked off pretty quickly dude i literally from the ages of like 13 to 19 i was like into i was like reading about this that's why i'm not that's why you don't know me to be into true crime now because i'm like i've probably read done that been there done that not that i'm not interested in it but i literally spent so long like reading this shit and like you know yeah there's it's i'm like that can of worms is opening and i'm like i've been there done that okay do you remember the first time you figured out that true crime was a real... That, that there really were true stories about people murdering people. What was your first reaction? Do you remember the first time? No, because it's like when... Because I think... And again, like I've always had an understanding of the like this kind of nature of reality. So because like if you like weren't a, four, a scientist yogi, you'd be a murderer. <laughs> right? No. Okay. <laughs> Should I reveal the story about you and the knife? Is that... Is this, is this, it's now the time? No. Okay, good. Next next podcast. I'll, I'll <laughs> pop that one in. I like to... Yeah, yeah. I just think it's it's the other side of... It's the other side, right? And for me... Other side of what? What's, of, what is its polarity? Light and shadow. And so for me... So what's it's like light to I'm you? I'm interested Toy in... Toy Story? Sure. <laughs> no, what's, what is light to you? It's like spirit and practice and purity and... You know, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm also interested in like, oh, I had this really fucked up story about this one time. Me and my friends tapped into some weird ass energy with the Ouija board. And I'm like, yep, let's sit down. Tell me all about it. What did you do? What did did you experience? Who did you conjure? Like what what substances were in the room? Like were you using solar? You know, like tell me everything. I I like that You love those kinds of things. It's interesting to me. And it's, yeah. And I'm like, it's not even in like an obsessive way. It's just, it's all fascinating. There's just different ways to interface with reality and to reach between like beneath behind the veil. And do you like when you get a bit scared? Does that, is that a feeling, a sensation in your body? You kind, yeah. of, you kind of enjoy I love it. I love being spooked and creeped. Like, oh, that gave me goosebumps. Oh, that gave me chills. Like, oh, that's, that's fucking terrifying. That's I like so that. I don't tend to have that reaction when I get spooked. Yeah. I don't get goosebumps or creepy. Yeah. But what will happen for me is I'll retain the story. And one night when I'm maybe not having the best mental health day, I'll try to go to sleep. And little sort of versions of that story will start to play around with my mind as I'm trying to sleep and then will cause me to have a very disturbed sleep, very troubled dreams, which tend to affect me quite a lot when I have bad dreams. Um, and then they can ruin my, they can ruin my mood and my, and my day. Yeah. So I, you're really deeply impacted. I just don't fuck with it. I'm just like, cool. It exists. It's not that it's that scary. I mean, yes, I gotta admit, I do get scared, but it's, it's the aspect of me fucking with myself using that information. That's the... <laughs> sounded funny. That's the part of it that really gets me. Yeah. The yeah, potential really for, to expand on something within yourself, you know? Yeah, I'm, you're, I'm really glad you brought that up because this is a point I was going to make before that I totally lost. But this is what everybody's... It's not just you. Like This is what our brains do. They amplify. They take that information and they amplify it. So well, for some example, people, some no, people no, no, do. No, some no, people no. just hear it and then forget it. You no, know? so just let me, let me get through this point. So it's like, for example, if I watch like a super... So for me, like one of my... One of the things that scares me most 
um, is the concept of like demons, like demonic possession and stuff like that. So if I watch like one of those movies and it's like really, really gets to me. Have you seen some I'll of those be- movies? Yeah. yeah. Horror movies again was like As another phase of my life. Ones that focus around that demonic specific. possession. Yeah, I mean, I'd look for the movies that scared me the most. So those were very interesting. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were going for more creative kind of. Well, it's stuff. always got to be good movies. I'm not going to watch generic like you got to watch the Human Centipede. You, you got to watch this or that. It's like I don't care about. I don't care that it's a cult classic. Like I'm interested in a fascinating story, the artistic aspect, but it's also fucking scary or unsettling. So, anyway, for example, I watch a movie, something about it scares the shit out of me, and then like when I'm walking in the dark, you know, if I'm walking to the kitchen at night, my brain will also do that. It will conjure up the images. It'll conjure up the scenarios. It'll play. It'll toy. It'll take every little shadow, and shadow, and 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 I would I will see fucking demons in my mind's eye to scare because my brain's trying to play with that and it's trying to scare me whatever it's doing my brain also does all of this but this is the this is the aspect that i also find fascinating for me it's like a practice of like how do i how do i then interface with the idea of darkness and the shadow and how do i not let it like let myself succumb to that fear so then when i listen to these podcasts when i listen to these things and when i walk around in the dark and when i have to go or like once I'm even like when spooky things happen surrounding me, because sometimes those things do happen. It's like, how can I hold a sense of safety, security, calm and light within myself to, to, to understand that like, no matter what I get to choose what, like what I interface with and what I'm ultimately comprised of. And then if, if my mind, it's also like a depiction of like my mind's capacity for intrusive thoughts or my mind's capacity for interaction irrationality and things like that so this is these are practices right so like how can i enjoy the art and enjoy getting spooked but then like not become paranoid or become like really fearful or to like let those let those like dreams make me freaked out about myself or like you know what i'm saying so again it's like it's not it goes beyond tolerance it's like a practice of like resilience resilience like can i can i not be scared do you be- think just because are... I enjoy this and like I get that you don't enjoy I don't think no, everybody should be yeah. doing it but for me like that's another aspect of it so do you think that if you were to remove all things horror and crime from your life you would actually start to experience more paranoia and more ne- no more you know creepy things no not at all so I you think it, the art the, form. because that isn't to me it seems like that's kind of where you'd get your fix of it yeah. and so I wonder if you'd manifest situations that would create those same emotions within you um, because you subconsciously like them or want them regularly. Um, no, it's, it's really just, or would you slowly, it's like, for example, like become a murderer. (laughs) Probably. It's like, it's like you enjoy comedy, right? So you love watching a good comedy special or you love watching South Park or it's always sunny. Like some of our favorite shows. And it's like when you interface with that art form, you get that dose of like joy and hilarity and create like witty creativity and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's that kind of creativity. Yeah, that feeds and if me. you stop watching that stuff, you'll start to miss it in your life. Yeah, and Hell and, yeah. and also like by by watching that kind of stuff regularly, you get more of that wit in your personality, more of that crazy kooky humor. Um, you know, like it's in, it's inspirational. So yeah, definitely. If I removed those those things from my life i'm sure that i wouldn't have all of these i wouldn't have weird dreams and i wouldn't get spooked sometimes but then but then i'm like it, it, it's not like such a thing for me anymore you know it's like 
When was the last time you woke up and you were like, oh, that was a beautiful dream? 2008? <laughs> no, I'm sure. I've, I, I know I've had beautiful dreams. I've oh, yeah? Like one or two? Three? No. Four? Uh, the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I dreamt that my mom w- was tucking my chickens into our spare room bed and that they were all sleeping like under the blankets. Oh, no, in my they're bed. dying. What do you mean? That's a bad dream. They are dying, but it was a sweet dream, you know? They're old chickens. Oh, they're beautiful chickens. So it was like a sweet dream. I have. So you woke up and you had positive feelings about it? Yeah. Cute. But my dreams have always been whack. But I've always been whack. That's less and whack than I've never than not interfaced with horror. I, I got to say, I just don't see it as helping people relax, but I guess that's something that you can resonate with. It helps you relax. But this is why I, this is why I honestly relate it to like, it's like if somebody said to you, I can't understand how you like metal. I can't understand how you can listen to monuments. It's, how, it's, how can that make you feel good? How can ha- it make you feel joy? How can that help you? You know, you listen to monuments when you go on a casual drive. How can that make you feel relaxed and not give you road rage? It's like, you're not understanding the art form. And it's okay. You don't have to understand the art form. It's not for you. But it's an art form. I totally I totally hear that. I had experiences at college where people would find out I listened to metal and be really confused. Because I'd paint myself as a diverse musician. But then they'd look at me and go, you listen to metal? What, with the screams and that? And I'm like, yeah, I fucking love it. And they go, oh, I would never have guessed. What the hell? Yeah. And then immediately... Metal is so stigmatized in contrast to horror. If you find out someone likes horror, you're not going to be like, ew, that's fucking weird. What the hell's wrong with you? You'll literally think, oh, okay, there's another person who listens to horror. Metal is like much more of a niche, much more of a weird thing. But again, what you said, understanding the art form, you're looking at the top tier musicians in um, progressive metal and progressive rock and fusion in... um, you know, metal bands. Mm. You're seeing some of the most crazy musical, melodic and technical athletics that's ever existed. And so these are the nuances of the art that you just can't explain to people. Exactly. You just can't explain it. But it's the same way. But I wouldn't listen to metal to relax. I listen to metal in most emotional states. And when most of the time I listen to music, it's some kind of progressive rock, progressive metal. Sometimes it's a bit of funk or soul or mm. feel good. Um, or we'll play on a little Spotify game, which is a lot of fun. But if I'm trying to sleep, I guess I could sleep to metal. I guess I used to, but 90, 99% of the time, if I was to sleep to music, it wouldn't be metal. But you'd put on like, you wouldn't put on monuments to go to sleep. You might put on like falling home, for example. That's you know, an, that's an there's album. different, there's different, yeah, there's different, yeah, yeah. like there's mm. different subcategories within metal that like, I, I listen to metal to sleep, but it's not like, it's like progressive. It's Did more you ever like used ambient, to listen you know, to like actual yeah, Slipknot going to bed? Yeah. hundred percent. That's me. But I like, used to do that to But it's the same thing with like listening to a horror, like corn there's, there's a lot of like those like theatrical horror podcasts that are like all the sounds and like the acting it out and da-da. but like f- for example like knife point he's got like a really relaxing voice and a really calm I know. mellow de- I know. demeanor i heard so it's i like, heard it and i was like this guy is born to storytell yeah so it's like in the same way that i would listen to like a- an acoustic metal album that still carries the essence of the genre but it wouldn't be the intensity um that's a similar way that i would listen to like horror to go to sleep um yeah does that make sense 
But it's, but okay, so that's another thing I was going to say, but like, it's also like, so like, yeah, we listen to metal, but it's like, we listen to good metal, not trash metal, you know, yeah, there's, I actually, there's metal for the sake of metal, just like there's horror for the sake of horror. Yes, and a lot of people true, don't true, understand true, true. the nuances of the horror genre. Like there's, there's like, you know, it's like, oh, like Chainsaw Massacre is my favorite horror movie. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely, it's something to appreciate, but that's not the kind of horror that I'm into. You know, it's like, yes, I, I, that's I, just gore for the sake of gore. It's isn't gore it? for the sake of gore, horror for the sake and of And there's horror. obviously like de- a doom metal or sludge metal or black metal. Yes. I don't like maybe 98% of metal. And I don't like 98% of horror. Like a lot of people are like, oh, you listen to Knife Point? Here's 10 podcasts that are like just as fucking good. Like you're going to love them. And I go through all of them and I'm like, now I'm rationing my Knife Point horror because I'm like, nothing is as good. So like I'm still an elitist fucking snob, just like I am when it comes to music as I am when it comes to horror. I think elitist snobbery comes from you having refined some specific craft so much to the point where you can appreciate when someone else has refined it. So you tend to look for the people who focus on refining their art form. Yes. And when people say, I have the same situation happen. I, I like Dream Theater. Like, oh, you'll love these five bands. They sound like trash. Yeah. Especially in comparison to the one I mentioned. Yeah. So then you start to rash it and you're like, nothing's as good. And then yeah. you go on your own binge hunt and then you finally find something else. Three quarters is good. Yes. And then you're like, I should start a horror podcast because <laughs> everyone else sucks. And then, I don't know. It's one of those things where you become so fixated on on what is top tier to, to you because you appreciate fine art. Yeah. And that's, that's, so that's just another fine art form for me. Yeah. No, I hear that, man. Yeah. I hear that I, again. I respect the art. Yeah. I just, I don't see how it's relaxing, but I guess, I don't know if I will. I don't, yeah. I don't know if there's anything you could say to help me be like, Oh yeah, I guess that is quite relaxing. You know, I don't think there's anything you could say that would help me see it that way. I mean like, okay, so let's, let's take Even, like, even if it's not blood or murder related, even yeah. if it's just like spooky story, it's not thing. relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. But you prefer to fall asleep, not necessarily feeling relaxed, feeling. Mo, I feel relaxed when I listen to Knife Point. But do you feel, okay, let's say you get the tingles, right? The goosebumps. Yeah. Then are you feeling that and going oh i'm so nicely spooked i'm ready for bed now no it's like literally i'm relaxed like i'm slow deep breathing my body is relaxed i'm like slipping into that semi-conscious state why is it called knife point knife point horror i don't know no really because it like brings you to the fucking edge it gives you that rush like metal i find myself super craving it and missing it when i haven't listened to it for a while and a while is like you know six hours but with you do you find that if you skip a night or you get really tired and you don't get to watch it do you wake up being like oh i didn't get to listen to my horror stories yes i cra- i crave listening to the horror and like i miss the nights where i don't get to listen to my horror stories before bed like it's it's that kind of it's amazing know. it's amazing no i have no judgment that's negative i just struggle to understand how it's relaxing and that's my only thing here i can't say that it's not nuanced art because i'm positive that it is i love dark musical art Mm. i love when songs make me make the i smell shit face Mm -hmm. oh that's brutal yes that's so heavy and dark yes and the dark scales are my favorite scales so i love dark musical Mm -hmm. art but the visual aspect of it you remember when in the 2000s when house of wax came out Texas Chainsaw Massacre that you mentioned and like all the Saw movies were pumping and in the theaters. Mm. Did you, do you think Saw is good horror? 
Um, I think it's, I, I, th- I thought, I thought it was great for what it was, but I'm not a big fan of gore. Like gore is not my, my. So what did you like genre. about Saw? I thought it was a brilliant concept. I love the I concept. I like the, the Saw concept. movies. They were fun. It was interesting. I've seen some horror movies. Yeah. And Saw was one that I found brilliant. Yeah. How much are you willing to fight for your life? Yeah. And, you know, obviously he would choose people that deserved it, but that deserves a pretty funny word, isn't it? Yeah. Because it, to what degree do we think it's okay to manifest someone's karma for them? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a, yeah. it's, it's a funny question. Like, when are you playing God versus when are you letting the universe do its thing? And if you Versus do- when are you being the same as the people you're trying to torture for being shitty people? <laughs> it's like, are you right. the exact same as them? But yeah, that, that falls under the category of like gore or body, body horror and stuff like that. And like, I've watched a lot of that just because there's some classics in that genre. But that's not my... I wouldn't like watch that before I go to bed or like listen to a story like that before I go to bed. That's not my jam. Um, What's your strawberry? What's my strawberry? Um, I don't know. Just like unsettling. Unsettling stories that are fictional and more sort of supernatural. It's more supernatural or like, or like, um, yeah. Or like more like, yeah, I guess that, I guess that. That, what you said um but for, okay so here's here's another analogy so for reference guys like jesse and i've been together for six years tomorrow that's <laughs> true Very cute. um but or, or maybe the day this podcast comes out if we release this tomorrow but anyway whatever um so jesse's like taking a long time to come around to this like the fact that he's having such a rational discussion about this is like really beautiful because like i think that's one of the things that triggered you a lot in our relationship is like my my like my befriend, like my befriending of everything darkness and you just being like, like, no, it's not right. It's not right. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, it's like, you've come to, a, <laughs> this is like the most I'll you've you ever what. understood. Like before you were so resistant to any, like you were just like, I just, I, I just think horror is like a fucking terrible thing for everyone. And it's like, it's not good for you. And it's poison. And it's like. My previous perspective was that. I would see situations where you would call me at one in the morning having had a fucking terrifying dream as a result of what you just listened to. And I thought, hey, that's not healthy. You should be asleep. (laughs) You went to bed two hours ago. What's going on? So I would see things like that. And then I would have had similar things happen to me. And I got spooked on two different occasions, um, one by a horror movie and one by just a horror movie trailer. And watched against my will and not told what it was about and just watched it all because once you start watching a trailer it's like okay it's fucking two minutes whatever just finish it and i didn't have positive experiences there and i was like oh this is designed to make you feel shit why would you want to feel shit it's not designed to make you feel shit it's designed to scare you well you could say a sad movie about war and atrocities designed to make you feel shit you could you could but only if only if you associate feeling sad as a shitty thing or if you feel scared you associate feeling scared thing. as a shitty thing yeah and so and so i mean some of the like the trailer i watched was like just unnecessarily supernatural and freaky and mm. i could tell you what movie it was but i don't want it because you'll be like that's so not scary at all it's yeah, like probably. i eat that for breakfast but it's not a competition <laughs> it's, not a competition. it's not a competition yeah. i have come around to the beauty of all different genres of art yeah except for country music as i always i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. We, found two, we found two good country songs if you're curious Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Please, for God's sakes, <laughs> pause this podcast right now <laughs> and you'll be treated to hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Every day. And thank God he made me this way. <laughs> you'll be treated to the most beautiful country song that 
most people should never hear. Okay, that's like a novelty for us, I'm but recommend the actually good country song. There's one called Heaven by what's his name? That guy. Oh, okay. We'll recommend it next time. I we don't know, know his name. It's um, great. There's some good country songs like Five. Okay. Like five. <laughs> like five, five good songs. Five good country, um, but but generally, there really isn't. So most some some genres are just filled with the same stuff over and over and over again. Yeah, but then there's somebody out there who's like, you've just never heard good country. There's like this one artist. Is and I, I know I'm, yeah. I'm 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 I don't know any country listeners, so I'm I'm looking for that artist myself mm-hmm. because. I like to prove myself wrong. I like to grow and like, hey, when I meet that next person who's like me, and it's like, oh, country is trash music. Well, guess what? No, it's not. Then I'll blow his mind and I'll be like, well, go and listen to David Belmore and you'll find that you might like country music. You know what I mean? Like, it's always good to grow and find new perspectives on things. So I'm always trying to fool myself. Um, but hunting, fishing and loving every day is a real treat. Go listen to it if you like country music. And if you don't, don't go listen to it. And if you don't care, then just keep listening to Danica talk about why she thinks horror is the best thing on the planet. Okay, here we go. So <laughs> here's another few reference points. So for me, the way Jesse feels about horror is the way that I feel about sad movies, particularly movies to do with animals. Like anything, any sad... Why? Why don't you like when you see animals be tortured? No, yeah, oh, but, but it's even like, one like of, a it's sad... It's my life's pleasure. Even like <laughs> a sad movie, like a tearjerker with an animal involved... I will never watch it. I will never, ever, ever watch it. And a lot of people like to watch that kind of stuff. And you like watching sad movies sometimes. But if you're going to bring this up, we got to talk about why I watch sad movies. Yeah, to make to help and, you feel and, emotions. And, and how does that relate to you listening to horror? No, or but listen. So go on, go on, so, please. Um, a lot of people, a lot more people watch sad movies than they do probably watch horror movies. Um, and some people would watch a sad movie before they go to bed. My mom does it all the time. For me, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> Feeling that much heavy emotion and grief before I go to bed. You, you think me waking up a couple times in the middle of the night scared is bad for my psychology? Me having like grief filled dreams or like animal related dreams or like waking up and having like, that's the kind of thing that would stick with me over the what next plays few out, days. What plays out over the next few days after you've watched a sad movie? I just feel really sad and down and I start thinking about every animal in the world and my... Those, in I your defense, have, those I are the hardest. Those are the hardest. I was crying about that Molly earlier this me. week just because I went for a walk in my neighborhood and there's some dogs in cages and it was just like getting to me. So like, so like I've never watched Molly and me. I've never watched Hachiko or any of that shit. Yeah, I mean, don't, and I probably don't, never will. You don't want to. And, you don't want to. And like, that's dogs my thing. Are the best. And it's not that I don't understand how anybody could ever like horror movies or why it would, I'm sorry, sad movies or like why this could make them feel blah, 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 blah. It's just like, and some people watch them before they go to sleep. They have a good cry, then they go to sleep. But like that for me is, that's my, that's where I draw the line. I'm like, never. Never. I don't want to feel that way. I certainly don't want to feel that way before I go to sleep. I don't want to dream about that. I don't want that seep, seeping into my next day. Like, that's my thing. And in the same way that, like, you might watch a comedy before you go to sleep, that would hype you up. That's yeah, I would not watch a comedy before I go to bed. Actually, okay, I used to. You do. I used to watch you South watch Park Brooklyn before bed. Watch Nine or something before you go to bed. That's a, that's a super hyping you up kind of thing. In the same way that a horror story would hype you up, comedy would hype you up. It's just a different range of emotions. And then you go to bed. You know, that makes you feel good. You go to bed, this makes me feel a little bit spooked and relaxed and I go to bed. So it's like a similar thing. And it's also like, why would you read a heavily scientific book before you go to bed? How is that relaxing? It's so stimulating. Well. And this yeah. and that. Like you do that with, you know, a few Regular, different books. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's nothing. It's, it's really not like a weird thing. If you start to just understand that it's just another taste in the flavor 
palette of, of existence. A, of emotion. And I think, look, if I bring this whole thing a level deeper, I think the emotions that you enjoy the art form of, for example, feeling spooked for you, in some way, it kind of helps you release the unnecessary buildup of them inside yourself, which is, I believe, why I would watch a sad movie. I have to prescribe myself sad movies. If I notice that I'm particularly dull for a few days, sometimes I just have to have a good cry. Mm. And being raised by an Israeli mom who was in the army for 10 years, guess what happens when boys cry? They get smacked. So guess what boys learn to do? They learn not to cry. And it's really weird. Like, you don't want to know somebody who doesn't cry it's kind of it's, i feel like it's a weird thing mm. if you don't cry you're either repressing a lot of things or maybe you just have a fucking great life but if something happens through, you'll like, probably cry years where i only cried like one or two times a year and those were those were not good for like my mental health that's my point sometimes yeah. the backlog sometimes things build yes yeah. sometimes things build up and that backlog gets hectic so i prescribe myself i'm like okay i'll go and google what are the saddest movies ever yeah. of course the notebook comes up p.s i love you uh the green mile there's a bunch of really sad oh, movies i've seen the green mile oh, that, that one's awesome yeah. but see Very not for sad. you not for you oh, i say awesome big, yeah. you wouldn't describe it as awesome but, but for me that level i remember of awesome, watching it as a kid when i was much younger and it just wow. like it's an old movie it it just like 89, i think Trauma, that that like emotionally traumatized me. He was a, he was a martyr. Years. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a crazy story. I actually um, believe it or not, I cried watching the Terminator because of the whole the whole martyr complex. It really, I don't know why, but when I was a kid, I must have been seven or eight. My parents were watching it on like TV, Channel Nine or something, and I was traumatized at the fact that like people had to die, and the the sheer sadness that it would leave in the people who was remaining alive, it was so heavy for me as a kid. And then we've all had pets we lost, right? So that's a whole category in itself. But sadness, uh, sad movies, I use as tools to release stuck emotion when I can't release it on my own. I, I use this sad movie as if to, like it's a thorn. You step on a thorn in the woods and you use a thorn to pick out a thorn. The sad movie is the second thorn. And then both thorns are out of me. I don't feel negative or sad. And I get to see a beautiful story. And most of the sad movies I watch are like love related. Mm-hmm. I've seen The Notebook three or four times. P.S. I love you four or five times, which to me is a little bit sadder than The Notebook. Mm-hmm. And, and I've never seen either of these movies. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Not that you should watch it if you don't enjoy it. But if you ever find there's been a serious backlog and you haven't cried in six months and nothing you do is working and you just can't shake that feeling quote-unquote 90s song, don't know what it's called. Um, check on that movie. It's really, it's really, um, it's heartwarming until it's not heartwarming. But it's, the, the kind of sound I prefer is cry happy, happy cry. Because it brings me back to the feeling of, oh my God, it's a fucking joy to be alive. Every day on this planet is a blessing and everything is beautiful. And I think that people who adopt the pessimistic mindset and the pessimistic ab- attitude... And who look at the world and go, the world is a crappy place and there's nothing good happening and it's all falling to shit. Uh, Those people, I believe, have a huge backlog of emotions they're not processing. And they also, because of that backlog, it actually reinforces their subconscious beliefs and their subconscious beliefs are everything sucks. So we've talked about this a thousand times, but if you believe everything sucks, you're only going to see things that suck. If you believe everything's awesome, you're going to fucking see awesome things. So that backlog, keeping a, a very 
close watch on that backlog is fucking important, man. It's important. And so for you, if we bring it back to your horror situation, I think that the way I might have sadness in me, you have fear in you, right? And everyone has fear in you. And I think, I think sadness is like a subcategory of fear. I think fear is the grand, is the grand, um, because if you look at shame and guilt, it's all, it kind of comes under fear. Yeah. Look, I don't, I, I can't and speak then, to that. I, I can't, I well, can't I say like, ah. Oh. Let me finish my point. Sorry. This is really important. I think that not just you, but people who have a real strong tendency towards horror, they have fear inside themselves that they're unable to bring out on their own. And they don't want to put themselves in situations where that fear does come out. So the horror brings them that feeling and, and them feeling that emotion allows them to reduce the backlog of fear within themselves. Can you resonate with that? I mean, I, I get... Your voice I, went high, so I don't know if you can. I got that that's, that, <laughs> that's what you were getting at. I understood the concept. Um, and I can't... Yeah, like I can't speak to whether or not that, that that's like completely true for me. It, it, it totally might be. I think everyone's got sadness. Everyone's got fear. Everyone's got grief backlogged. But it's just like... It's interesting to consider that like... Yeah, like your go-to is like a sad movie when you feel like you need to cry. Um... Don't you ever feel like you need to cry but can't? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. But I, I, so what do you do? Different to me. I, I. What do you, I, what do you do in those situations? I don't have a healthy emotional process. Like I'll avoid like the songs that for me it's like music. I'll avoid the songs that make me feel that emotion. So, so you're aware that a cry would benefit you, but you you consciously choose to go away well, from it because you don't like the way it makes you feel. Would benefit me. It's like all it would take is for me to put on like one song that I know makes me cry and I'll cry. I know. Hit me baby one more time. <laughs> that that you know, gets like, me every time. It's not hard for me to, but maybe that's the thing. It's not hard for me to get at that emotion. Okay. Okay. So I think, I think you're onto something here, but what is hard to get at for me is fear. I'm not naturally a very fearful person. I, I don't right. fear death. I don't fear like, I don't have, I always say I don't have rational fears. Um, I don't feel like ghosts, demons. I don't, I'm not scared of snakes. I'm not scared of sharks. Like I'm not really scared of many things at all. Um, but maybe that's just a way for in, for me to interface with fear when I don't have a lot of it in my life. Or maybe there's like yeah. some underlying yeah, layer sense. of it that's like really, I, 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 don't, I don't know what it is. But maybe, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Like I wouldn't say you're necessarily a very like a person who feels sadness very often, but when you need to feel it, you go to that to, to express it. Mm. Whereas for me, sadness is fucking every two days. <laughs> you want, I, I want to cry. Just wait two days and I'll have some sort of emotional fluctuation. But will you cry is my question. Will I cry is a different story. So what, so then you're backlogging crying, but I've been crying a lot lately, but not like crying. I'll have just like tears and like moments. Yeah. Moments are okay. Sometimes you need that gut, vibrating like yeah. uh, 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 that really strong shaking in the whole body that convulsing yeah. cry sometimes sometimes after that i feel like a new person those build up for me and they, they i do feel like a new person after those but it's yeah it's it's definitely not that difficult for me to get at those that's good so i guess there is that that subconscious backlog i don't even like the word backlog i think more build up of emotions it's so easy to just see something sad on the street bury it mm. have to walk past because you're on your way to work you're on your way to work to, or something and or something happens in your family and you got to be 
do, focused on like your assignment and then you end up burying it or you maybe have a moment with it but you don't give it the full attention mm. and that builds up inside you i believe it really builds up inside you until you're like holy shit i'm fucked up i need to go to a therapist and it's like it's not bad it's not a bad thing it's just that you didn't give all your emotions the time of day and so they've built up and so the way i see it is for me the sad movie allows me to kind of pull out all those moments and mm. process them. And oftentimes when I cry because of the movie, my trick here is to let the movie in, like ignite the crying and then divert it towards other things. Mm. So I use the movie's content to ignite the emotion and then I'll think about something else sad that I feel like I might have been bearing. And I might not even know what that is when I'm watching the movie. But as soon as I've started crying, everything that is sad to me will come to me in that mm. moment then after i've cried about it i might take one or two more cries or in that after that cry i'll feel fucking good about it and that's the beauty of a cry it's just it's it's such a powerful thing i wonder why men in certain cultures are raised not to cry it's actually so unhealthy yeah but that's think about masculine versus feminine patriarchy and all that kind of stuff yeah it's, it's all, traditional like, everybody it's very, knows what that yeah is. yeah i i just kind of ironic in my family situation you raise a boy not to cry he becomes a emotional musician yeah and i'm not really particularly an emotional musician but i tend to gravitate towards extremely emotional music Mm. the music that people will listen to and they won't feel it because they can't maybe they can't open their hearts up enough to really understand the message on this on the same level as the composer and maybe they just don't like the sound of the instrument or the voice or whatever but when you do like that and you can open yourself up to it. You're treated to a world of emotion. Um, and everyone has their thing. You know, everyone has that one album or that one song that is their happy song or their sad song. It reminds them of this experience or this time in their life. It's so beautiful how art can be so, I guess, nostalgic. Take you back to places, mm-hmm. things in your life. In musical therapy, they use it in people with dementia to help them bring back memories mm-hmm. of their childhood. They'll play a song from, the, from the, the, the person's youth and that person will start telling them about their childhood. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Music's powerful. But all art is powerful. All art is powerful. That's the thing. And yeah, um, it's like maybe maybe the, the movie thing's slightly different to what we were talking about generally with like the podcast and story things. Cause again, like there's a difference between like me seeking out and like, cause I, cause I definitely have been on those tangents of like trying to find the scariest fucking movie <laughs> of all time. Like that was me again in like my early twenties or like late teens. I was like obsession with like finding. What was the one that you found that was scariest? What was the one that was like, okay, I'll never find anything more scary than this. Here it is. Oh, that's a really good Bob question. the Builder. I need to go back in time and like, go through the archives, the mental archives, but archives. it might've been like one of, it was definitely, it was probably like one of the demonic possession movies, like um, the exorcism of it, Emily Rose or something like that. I, I remember that being quite thing. scary, yeah. like that kind of stuff or um, uh, yeah. Anyway, regardless, but like that's different to like, again, like, reading Stephen King novels or like listening to horror. On the, that's, like, what that's what I'm saying as well. Cause it's like low creative. It's like, yeah. It's more creative. more creative. That's what I really want to emphasize. Like I'm not trying to have the shit scared out of me. I'm just listening to super creative narratives. And occasionally the story will be like 
really impactful and I'll be like, oh fuck, like I didn't see, I didn't see that coming and now I'm having a nightmare, you know, like I'm not intentionally trying to scare the shit out of myself. Mm. It's just, it's just like listening to metal where it's like when you listen to metal, you're not trying to get angry the whole time. Maybe there are some metal heads who listen to black metal or like death metal and like they're trying to, they're they're interfacing with the expression of that anger through that music most of the time. They're driving fast and they're fucking like banging their heads and wearing black all the time. But like we're just listening to problems. They might be angry people. They might be angry people. They might have repressed anger. However, as you know, metal, metal audiences are some of the most compassionate people ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, we also listen to a different type of metal. Very different. So like, so Very that's, different. that's what I'm getting at. It's like, it's, I'm just reading fucking novels, man. I'm just listening to stories. That's I'm what, just listening to, yeah, it's that, like, that it's makes spooky sense. fairy tales. It's like fairy tales for the twisted, <laughs> you know? It's like, yeah. and, that, and, 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 and writing something to... twisted is, is actually hard, you know? So there's, there's an artistic refinery involved. Yes. And, um, it's the reason why our horror, our haunted house episode has done really, really well. Cause there's, of all, there's morbid curiosity. Everyone's heard yeah. a happy story, but like, it's rare that like a spooky tale is really impactful. You know? Yes. But for everyone listening, like after this discussion, you may be able to understand how on like a cosmic karmic level, I've manifested an experience like the haunted house. Yeah. After having like such a, such a, such as I don't know synergy with like those kinds the paranormal of energies, throughout yeah. the entirety of my life yeah. and like a heavy interest and and you never even told your Ouija board story. What story? The Ouija board story. What do you mean? I just told you which story. The Ouija board story. <laughs> the Ouija your board story. Ouija board story. Yeah, it was, it was just. There's many stories like that. Yeah, I know. Okay, so we'll do. Hub. We'll we'll do a we'll do a haunted haunted home part two so just, <laughs> just like your childhood stories of creepy i don't but like that's the that's the crazy story i have the one that i've already told yeah that is the craziest yeah. one yeah so which i forgot elements of by the way like yeah. looking back on the haunted house story i'm like how could i forget to mention this how could i forget to mention yeah that? well well first of all you told that story so well second of all you handled that situation so well third of all thank you to everyone who listened to that story and commented on it and reached out to who us shared it with who others, shared it with like, their yeah. friends and told their friends to listen to it yeah. we cannot appreciate it more honestly the response we had from that episode was quite incredible. So it's cool. It was like, it's cool you. to go through. Cause like, again, as much as I love horror stories and all of that kind of stuff, like I think it's really objectively fascinating that I went through that experience and to some level it was enjoyable. And there was a few moments where I was like, I wish I had an Ouija board right now. So I could <laughs> do it in this house. Yeah. <laughs> figure out some kind of mystery or maybe that spirit had something to tell you. Yes. Yeah. Um, which I've definitely reflected upon since then, but like being in that experience was like, would you I, go back? I didn't have that sick, like, oh, this is... Maybe I had moments of it, but, like, when you're in it, it's, like, not pleasant and not enjoyable. Yeah. But I do appreciate that I had, like, a great story to tell of my own because I've always wanted one. Definitely spent a lot of my youth looking for, like, haunted-ass places. And... You did, didn't you? You would chase abandoned spots and... Well, yeah, we were also... I was, like, mad into photography, film photography and, like, just exploring spooky places or interesting abandoned places. There were some, like, mad spaces in Sydney, like El Caballo Blanco, like, this weird abandoned Mexican slash Wild Wild West theme park with, like, a zoo section. And, that like, was rides. in Sydney? It was so weird. It was, like, up Camden Valley Way, like, out west. It was, like... My parents went there when it existed, but, like, the abandoned place was so whack. There was so much of, like what the fuck is this place? <laughs> and there's like the Mittagong Maltings and like a bunch of like places in the city and like the, the Katoomba sort of like old mental health hospital. Um, there's like a lot of cool places that I visited that were like 
eerie, but also just like cool to go and be like this place out of history. And like, you can feel the remnants of like what, what, what was there and like what it becomes when it's abandoned and when nature takes over and graffiti artists go in and there's like kids doing fucking stupid rituals. They're growing spray painting, like, you know, pentagrams and shit all over the place. Like, it's just interesting, you know, but it's all, it's all, we're all just interfacing with the same, like, morbid curiosity what happens when things die what happens when things are just left to rot and fester the thing is i just i can't even really agree with you i have nothing to say it sounds so boring and i I could think of a billion ways to spend my time better i don't have that curiosity i i i would rather watch plants grow than do any of those go to any of those places there are people who it's a kind of thing where it's like there are people who jump out of planes every day of their life and i'm like i'd rather do that for me it's like i i'd I'd rather not like for me it's like yeah i understand the thrill aspect of it and i i I get it cognitively and like i'm sure i'd want to do it sometime but it's like the same thing for me where it's like yeah it's the thrill and it's like fascinating it's amazing it is the same it's it's just a different thrill it's just a different thrill yours is more of an energetic thrill and jumping out of a plane is a very physical thrill yeah you so, are, and you're a physical thrills kind of man. I've yeah, never been that kind of I person. I was doing extreme sports for half my life. Exactly. That's why I love it. Maybe that's why I'm so drawn to horror. Because God forbid I try an extreme sport for five minutes, I shatter every bone in my body. Yeah, you end up in a wheelchair real quick. I can't even catch a ball. Yeah. That's an extreme sport. That is an ex- catching like a maybe, ball is an extreme sport. Maybe that's how you. that energy is expressed. Thrill. Thrill seeking. That's what it is. Being on the edge of like life. Whatever releases <laughs> adrenaline in you, but you feel like... You're so close to death, but you're also not. Like there have been so many, I could close my eyes and think of so many moments where if I had moved a centimeter the wrong way, I'd be dead because of the crazy wild thing I was attempting, jumping down however many stairs, doing handrails, doing crazy tricks on, I don't know, things that's like, hey, if you remove the board from me right now, you know, someone paused time and took away my skateboard and I landed I would have brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Lots of experiences like that. Yeah. Where the board, the skateboard, I used to skate for more than 10 years. Um, the skateboard is the thing that's, that is causing me to experience that thrill. Whereas for you, it's the, the ideas and the energy of the space that can sort of make you feel a certain thing and, and trigger your imagination. Or you tap into something which connects you to the, the actual story. Yeah. Which, I, which honestly, like this is maybe a weird thing to say but i feel like the haunted house i feel like sometimes in those situations there's a troubled spirit that's trying to tell you something it's trying to communicate with you about about maybe uh, something and it's passing or something for you to know yeah just just something just something for sure and you told me that story in unsolved mysteries recently what was that story oh like a woman who had a poltergeist in her yeah and then she was like a missing person yeah and through and it brought the case back to life yeah and like through supernatural events it brought the case back to life and and now it's on netflix no they didn't solve it it's still unsolved sadly oh but but they actually got further in the case while that while she was no but it's just sometimes what did you what what did i hear when you told me that story it's like sometimes it's like (laughs) so the only people who knew the story were the people who had ever lived in that house. Right. But now there's millions and millions and millions of people across the globe thinking about that woman who went missing, yeah. you know, trying to just at least thinking and remembering her. Yeah. And that's what I think it was with with um, the haunted house as well. I want to say the place name. That's what it was with the haunted house as well. Like I believe an aspect of it was the indigenous history, the indigenous yeah, spirits of yeah. the land being like, don't forget us because I, I found out there's some serious indigenous history in that town specifically, yeah, that there was some course. like super sacred indigenous sites 
that are just not like you'd go through the town and you'd have no idea. Yeah. So I think it was just the spirits of the land being like, hey, remember us. Don't forget who was here first. Yeah, don't yeah. forget what happened to us on this yeah. land. And I'm okay with that. I'm like, you know what? I fucking now I now I really have like a newfound respect and acknowledgement for the indigenous spirits of the land. Every day when I meditate, I acknowledge mm. the spirits of the land and I, I, I always did, but now I have this like different connection and reverence to them, you That's know? So, so it's just things like, like this, but then it's like, again, like what we label as spooky is just misunderstood. What we label as terrifying or haunting is just misunderstood. And yes, it's scary because it's the unknown, that's, that's but what it's I think, mystery. That's what I think about most horror uh, mysteries. Yeah. Misunderstood is a beautiful word because yeah. I've, I've, I've said this in a previous episode. I believe love is understanding and appreciation. And if something's misunderstood, it means love hasn't been brought to it or you haven't shined the light of understanding on, on it. So if something's misunderstood, I believe those experiences happened um, because something is trying to be understood. Yeah. Some being or something is trying to be understood yeah. and they're using the person as a conduit. Yeah. Or they're trying to, and that's the interesting thing about Ouija boards is that I believe they allow the being that's trying to be understood to translate what they want people to know into into English mm. and or into whatever language the board's written in. And so that perspective is actually kind of cool. But it's also the the reason that Ouija like that that Ouija boards are kind of like I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with them is because you're inviting something that doesn't have the capacity to influence matter, phys- like physically, apart from noise, to be able to move objects. That's opening a door yeah. that you don't want to Yeah, open. and you, you don't know what will end up there. So you'd have to... Well, it's like if, if there's a spirit already here and you can like feel it and hear it, but now it can move shit. Yeah. Now you've been like, I give you permission to move this plant shit. It's like, what else can I move? And that's when shit gets dangerous. That's yeah. when it starts to like take up residency and in fact in- influence your space. Mm. But anyway, veering away from this topic, because I know I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but just to what we were speaking to, like I've been, I've taught many yoga gigs over the years to many different uh, cultural groups in the outer west where i live and there have been many instances of like somebody coming back to me and being like i'm not allowed to do this anymore because my family says or my husband says it's it's not allowed it's against our religion or like i'm not allowed to do this anymore my parents say no that's fear that's fear that's like oh this weird energetic okay maybe it's like a religious like that's a different religion but like sometimes there's this understanding of like spirituality as well like energy energy work and stuff like that like oh it's witchcraft especially in the olden days like oh light work is witchcraft that's dark magic that's hoodoo that's voodoo and it's like no we're just doing energy work you know we call it reiki or we call it yoga we call it chakra work whatever it is other people can fear that because it's outside of their scope of understanding it's beyond what they say is socially acceptable or culturally acceptable or religiously acceptable and to them that becomes a scary thing right so it's it's like that's what i say about building a tolerance for like what can we accept as being a part of the nature of reality. I think there's a certain, if you're going to bring religion into this, I think there's a certain um, belief system you have to have when you choose to be devoted to one religion and believe everything about it. If you were to believe everything about it, which I, I guess most people nowadays don't, but at least reformed people or people in Sydney, Australia don't. But if, if they are to believe everything about it, then they are forced to reject things that, maybe contradict it maybe they don't maybe they're misinterpreting things and and let and those things let them contradict it in their own minds but i think that 
that absolutely is fear. And I think that every religion has its own version of fear. Like the book of Revelations, isn't that just all the, all the doomsday manifestations that could possibly exist? And, yeah. and, and isn't that, and I could be using the wrong book, but I'm pretty sure that that is like, that is there to scare people into, into being, to scare people into becoming God-fearing and then they obey yeah. whatever the other books say. I don't know. I haven't read that book yet. Um, but ultimately, having fear for something that's energy-based comes back to what you said earlier with xenophobia. It's just fear of the unknown. It's yeah. just, I don't know what that is. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to do to you. Yeah. So it, out of, quote-unquote, fear of its potential, I forbid it. Yeah, exactly. I, I write it off in my head. And yeah. so if it ever happened to them, it would be like the most atrociously, horrifically scary thing in the whole entire world. Um, so like... For example, certain religious certain religions believe that you can't really interface with God unless you're like a priest or something like that, right? Yeah. So then, if you have some sort of a mystical experience, it's got to be evil because I can't be God because like because you you're can't not a priest, with God. right? Yeah, like you don't know how to contact spirit. So like that's one aspect of it. Whereas on the flip side of that, if you're like a super hyper intellectual skeptical person and you're a scientist and you experience something like that and you don't believe it, that would scare the shit out of you as well. Even if it's like a positive. And that happened spirit. in the haunted house. It's happened in the haunted house, I guess. So. <laughs> Yeah, so so it's like, again, like different realms of understanding and different like what you allow versus like what happens and then like, oh, that's this is fearful because it's not in my spectrum of reality. Whereas like for me, like I have like spooky stuff happen in my room sometimes and like depending on the state of mind I'm in, sometimes it like, I guess there's an energetic signature to it as well, but sometimes it like scares me and other times I'm like, cool, it's the thing. Hey thing, leave me alone or like keep going like keep passing through or whatever you know mm, like mm. you know what i'm saying so yeah i've had little moments like that as well yeah um and i do see them as tests of resilience yeah um and when it is more unrelenting i've and and it's starting to infringe on your own boundary then you have to put up that that boundary yourself or sometimes just be friendly and loving to it but i think generally speaking when something's haunted in general it's because there was no love surrounding a specific situation. Love can be uh, portrayed by truth, or it can, or or, or it can be portrayed by truth, which leads to understanding. Yeah. You don't have to know all the horrible atrocities that someone committed in the true crime show. What you really have to know to bring love to the situation is to understand what in his upbringing led led him to do that. What caused him to go and use his own free will in a way that allowed for those things to happen. That's how I try and bring light to situations that spook me. Or when I see something that I don't necessarily agree with instantly, that's what I try and do straight away. That helps me so much. And again, it's not something that's relevant to you personally because you don't listen to horror with the same reasoning that a lot of people do. But I feel like on some, even on, on a conscious or a very subconscious level, people who listen to the real true crime horror stories and are trying to get into the minds of um, the people who have done atrocious things, they in some way are trying to understand love because love is appreciation and understanding and they're trying to bring light to that situation. They're trying to understand the psychology behind that person. Yeah. And the that's a beautiful of, thing. The nature of reality. Or like Thank God. Nature, full yeah. stop. Yeah, nature, this full is nature, stop. This nature, whether it's energy, whether it's humanity, Nature's all whether of it. it's animals, whether it's, it's all plants. Of it. all of there's it. horror stories and there's dark, dank, fucking weird shit in every corner of manifestation. It all just is 
It all just is. It all just is. Nature's not always quote unquote pretty. Yes. You ever see a leopard devour a deer? It's yeah. like, dude, that's hard to watch. Yes. But that happens very regularly. And yes. stuff like that, ha- and stuff way more gruesome than that happens very regularly. Yeah. What are those wasps that... Yeah. No, not those wasps. Wasps. What are, what are those wasps that bury their eggs inside a spider? That's what I'm saying. So it's, that, it's just wasps. Is that, no, that's not it's all wasps. wasps. Full stop. That's not all wasps. That's a specific kind of wasp oh, that does I that. I thought it was just all wasps. No, no. It's the specific kind. And... If you're, not, if you're not familiar with the rest of that description, they, their babies uh, are born inside the spider. So it literally kills the spider as it's born. And then the babies feed on the remnants of the spider. No, they're, they're like, yeah, they, um, they like tranquilize the spider. So they, they make it, it's still alive, but it's unable to move. Yeah. Um, so they, they said like, yeah, they tranquilize it. Not tranquilize. Sedate? Like, sedate, but it's still conscious and alive or awake, but it's like, isn't that like just like on its way to die? I don't know. I'm missing the word. It's incapacitated. Tranquilized. And then the it's word. um, and then it's dragged or like carried to the nest where the babies are, and then when the babies hatch, they feed on the insides of. You're the You're thinking spider. of a specific kind. That does that? There's a kind that just goes to a spider and just le- leaves its eggs in it, stings uh. it, and then. But the the nest one I've heard about that. That's the one that our friend was telling us about. Yeah. Either way, I mean, those are both wasps. That's. If you made that in human size, like if you could look at all that happening under a microscope in real time, that's, you know, quote unquote gross. But I, I like what you're saying here, man, because... It's evil. It's dark. It's twisted. It's, it's wrong. Yeah, it's immoral. It's yeah. how dare you. It's, yeah, it's but all it's of like, that. But it's nature. It's nature. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just is. You, yeah. When you pass judgment on nature, you're really judging yourself. You really that judgment is a representation of where you're at with your level of acceptance and understanding yeah. um, and your own hangups. Yeah. And this comes out in many different ways, yeah. many different ways. And yeah, some people don't need, some people don't need to interface with all of it. And some people like to interface with all of it. Some people like to interface with just the dark side of it. You know, it's just like different. What, what helps other people understand what will help, what will help you grow? What will help you grow? Yeah. I think and, that's an important one. Yeah. So yeah. I like Eckhart Tolle's quote. He says, um, if you're trying to get towards the light, you don't need to go into all the different manifestations of darkness. You just need to know that they're there and continue to be present enough to move towards like a place where you can understand and appreciate everything. I don't mm-hmm. think he used the word appreciate, but I think he used the word accept. Yeah. Understand and accept. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of like, a lot of people who, who believe that like, just focus on the light, 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 all the time. But that and can I totally be love it. I totally respect that. It does not necessarily it, bypass it. Can it's be. just like so one it way be. through. It's one way through. Or you can enjoy all of it. Or you can, you know. It you can, can be bypassing if you're burying things. But ultimately, yeah, hell yeah, you could enjoy it. Depends on if it lines up with who you are as a person and what you like and what you enjoy. You know, if you're someone who likes horror and you never watch horror because you think it's not holy, it's like, well, you're you're rejecting God now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you have any last thoughts for the the beautiful humans who care to listen to our voice for hours at a time? Um, no, I just want to go get tucked into my warm bed and put on some horror. And by horror, I'm going to start to play that song, Hunting, Fishing, and Loving Every Day. If you didn't pause and go listen to it, now is a perfect time. This episode is also not sponsored by Hunting, Fishing, and Loving Every Day. Um, we do condone 
um, some of those things, if not all those things, but we don't condone country music yet. <laughs> <laughs>